Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. Hey, Betties. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. All right. I want to talk about something that's going to probably stir up some controversy and I might get some resistance to it, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I think it's really important. And that is the idea that morning routines are sexist. (laughs) There, I said it. And I want to unpack why I think they're sexist and why I think that women, when we follow these typically male-derived um, protocols for morning routines, we are destined to fail. So, I am a huge fan of the Bio-Optimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk. And my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. 
This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea chocolate medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. Let's just, you know, when we think about what a normal morning routine, like when you think about all the gurus who talk about morning routines and setting you up for optimal, setting you up for your optimal day, um, I can't think of any of them that are female. I can't think of any of them that are not white. <laughs> and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you are a white male that's listening to this, I love you and I honor you. But the what works for a male uh, for her, his morning routine is not necessarily going to work for a female. So let's just think about like the typical morning routine that we hear from some of these gurus, right? It's like wake up at some ungodly hour, like four or five in the morning, uh, which I've talked about this before, but women have longer sleep cycles than men. So if you are already cutting your sleep cycle short, you are going to have inferior fuel partitioning, metabolic derangement, and hormonal derangement. So that's already, we're wrong, okay? as it relates to women. But wake up at five in the morning, wake up at four in the morning, and then, you know, go downstairs and get your, you know, very special tea that you've, you know, imported from Japan or wherever it is. And maybe you'll take like an hour to freestyle or journal your thoughts. And then maybe the next hour is a workout. And then maybe you meditate and you you plan out your to-do list for the day. And while this may work for men, if you are a man who has a family, who's taking care of those kids? It's not you while you while you have this three hour process. It's going to be your wife or your partner, right? So the kids have to get up, they have to be fed, they have to their homework has to be put in their backpack, they have to be driven to school, etc. And I used to always remember when I was in uh, chiropractic practice, I would look at these men. Uh, who were, uh, some of them are my mentors, right? So I'm not like, I'm not poo-pooing on them, but I would be like, holy crap, these guys have these like huge practices. Like they have these like thousand person a week practices. Like how the hell do they do it? And we would often see, very often, the the office manager was uh, the wife. Um, and then she was also, in addition to doing some of the admin, so you know, wasn't paying her, but then also she was taking care of the kids at home so he could spend the time to grow his practice. And I had this little nickname for these, I would call them Cairo wives, because it's like, well, of course, you know, if I had a Cairo wife, I would have a really thousand person practice anyway. And even... And I mean, I'm just going to be a little bit. I'm, I'm going to take in a moment, an opportunity here to brag. But even without having a Cairo wife, you know, I was still able to grow a very large practice that was incredibly profitable. But there were things that I had to sacrifice in order 
to do that. So one of the things that I had to sacrifice was mornings with my kids. So in the mornings, we started practicing at seven o'clock in the morning at the practice. So I wanted to catch the pre-work crowd who were coming in for their adjustments and so forth. But that meant that I couldn't spend time with my babies as they were you know, in the morning, getting their breakfast ready and whatever. So I had help uh, come in to help me. And so I just wanted to say that if you have a family, it is very often that the mother or the female or the person who identifies as the female in the relationship is going to be taking on the brunt of the caregiving activity because that is in society, that is what we honor. That's what we push, right? We say, well, uh, you know, the, the female... Uh, is going to take care of the kids and going to organize the kids' schedule and work on their homework. And she's also going to do the majority of the house cleaning and the the, the caregiving activities that are related to the house. And I've, I've written about this partially in my upcoming book where we look at surveys in... Um, I did surveys. Uh, we were looking at surveys in the US, in Canada, in Britain. And most of the time, it's like 50 or 60% of the time, the female is doing the majority of the unpaid work. So that is waking up overnight with a snotty kid who's sick and staying up and caring and tending for them. That's doing the grocery shopping. That's cooking the meals, packing the lunches, driving them to soccer practice, driving them to music class or whatever it is. So it's, 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 it's an interesting dilemma for women because we are the caregivers, right? And that is valued in society, but we often do that at the expense of ourselves. So when I talk to women, a lot of times they'll say, well, like, I really wish I could go to the gym. I really wish I could spend time on myself, but I don't have the time. And hands up, raise your hand up, Betty, if that's ever been you, because that's been me too, right? But what you're actually saying is not that you don't have the time. It's that that activity is not as important as the other things on your list, that you are not making the time. And by extension, you are not worthy of that time. And I know that that maybe maybe there's a little bit of an egoic flare up when I say that, but that's what you're saying. And so when we think about um, the difference between being selfish and selfless, like some of you listening to my story about you know waking up and leaving the house at like 5.30 in the morning and having someone else do the morning routine with my kids, some of you might be like, oh my God, she's like such a terrible mother. Like how could you not, how could you not spend mornings with your, with your kids on the days that you were practicing? But there's a difference for me between being selfless and selfish. So when we are selfless, this is the martyr. This is the person typically woman who puts everybody before herself. She has the to-do list that is pages and pages long and she's not on any one of those pages, right? She often does not, um, she often does not even make her own to-do list. And what ends up happening to that woman is she becomes bitter and resentful, not only to her kids, if that's who she is sacrificing her happiness for, or it could be to her partner, or it could be to whoever that she is putting ahead of herself. It was like, how many times have you been like, do you know, like, at least I've thought this in my head with my kids. It's like, do you know how hard I work? Do you know how hard I work for you? And like, they have no clue, right? They have no clue because you haven't set the boundaries and you haven't explained it to them. And there's this bitterness and this resentment that grows. I see this in women all the time when we are selfless. And that is actually the most 
selfish thing that you can do. When we're thinking about the way that we typically use selfish, we use the word selfish as this derogatory, like, look at her. She's so into herself. All she cares about is herself. She puts herself above everybody else. And it's like, yeah, bitch, you have to do that sometimes. You have to set boundaries for yourself. You have to put yourself first because if you go down, so does everyone else. Your kids go down, your partner goes down. You are the fabric often of your family. So yes, you have to be selfish. You have to put yourself first. And that might mean creating a morning routine. That's not sexist. I'm not telling you to do like a six hour freaking morning routine where you start at four in the morning and it ends at 10. Okay. Like no one's telling you to do that. And anytime I, I see like air quote gurus talking about this, it's like, it's like a big eye roll. It's like, yeah, okay. Cause you have a Cairo wife at home. Like someone's taking care of your children while you have the time to dive into these, you know, very uh, elaborate morning routines. So let's talk about the idea of, and some of you are like, okay, yes, I am the, like, and for me, like my morning routine for many years was like my kids waking me up. Like that was my morning routine. It was like my little toddler would like put, 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 put into my bedroom, jump in bed and be like, mommy, it's time to wake up. And that, that was my morning routine. Like it was my kid waking me up. And wherever you are, if you are someone who has children, you know, this is going to change over the course of your children's ages, right? Like when my children were uh, infants, it was like I was up most of the night, like breastfeeding, um, you know, tending to them or whatever as they were toddlers, as I mentioned, like I would wake up at whatever time my kid would come into my room and, and wake me up. And now that my kids are a little older, like they're, uh, I have a teenager, I have a 10-year-old, almost 10-year-old, and, uh, and an 8-year-old, my morning routine now is a little bit different. So just understand that wherever you are with your children, this is all, there's going to be some variance to this as well. So just be a little easier on yourself. And I want to also make sure that when we're talking about having a productive morning routine, that you don't misinterpret the often sexist definition of what productivity is. And I have fallen prey to this and I still fall prey to it now. So this is an ongoing struggle for me. But productivity is often what we get from this sort of patriarchal society that's like, the more you do, the more you're worth. The more you do, the more value you have. So what happens when we try to be more productive? We are looking externally for validation. Oh, well, if I check off 500 things off my to-do list instead of 300, that means I am 40% more worthy, right? I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna it's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. I want to get rid of this idea that productivity is a measure of your worth. So we want to talk about having a productive morning routine 
in a way that is nourishing to you, that is self-honoring to you, that is going to give you the ability to have more focus, more happiness, and more joy, and more grace, and more ease in your day. Not, I am going to do more with less. I am going to do more with my time with less resources. That is not the point here, okay? That is not how we want you to spend your mornings. It's trying to be as productive as you can to punch out five more emails than you did the day before, to punch out, you know, five more lines in your journal or whatever whatever it is, okay? So some and and I would also say that morning routines you are going to sometimes hit them, you're going to knock them out of the park, and other days they're not going to effing happen at all because that happens with me too. Even now, some days I don't have a morning routine because I didn't sleep well the night before or you know whatever it is. Okay. My child woke up overnight, whatever the reason is. So just give yourself a, just a little bit of permission to be human. Okay. <laughs> to be to be in the present moment. We've all heard the saying, you are not a human doing, you are a human being. Just give yourself permission to be and you don't have to be doing something in order for you to be productive. Okay, so what I like to talk about, and these can be highly variable just based on kind of where you are, is three main things, okay? One is hydration, okay? The other is cold therapy, and the other is some movement. So with hydration, this is pretty easy, right? We've been fasting overnight, hopefully for eight hours, right? Um, One of the first things I like to encourage you to do is to think about rehydrating your body. So I strongly prefer water in the practice of rehydration, not coffee, um, in mornings. And I I strongly prefer water over food as well. So what I typically do is I keep a pitcher of water by my nightstand and I will usually drink at least a glass immediately, like get out of bed, kind of stretch a little bit. And then I'll be drinking um, uh, drinking that, that glass immediately upon waking. And you'll notice too in the morning, if you find yourself like really puffy or um, this, is, this is usually a sign of, of dehydration, right? So the goal over the course of the morning, not immediately, but over the course of the morning is to drink about... Uh, you know, a quart or like three quarters of a liter of of water. And for me, I struggle with water. Like water, uh, like just on its own is like, ugh, so boring. Hate it. But what I do is I will, you know, infuse the pitcher. I'll like chop up some cucumbers or throw in some limes or lemons or something. Uh, and then it's like, you know, a beautiful little spa. It's like a little treat, right? For me, the first thing in the morning, there's like this beautiful lemon infused water with a nice glass on a tray waiting for me to, to drink it. So that's very, that's one of the things I like to do. The other thing I like to do is I call this cold tatas. Uh, tatas in um, uh, in Portuguese, I think Spanish as well. It's like just like a kind of a loving term for your breasts. <laughs> so cold tatas in the morning. So one of the nicest things that we can do for our brain health and our, for our mitochondrial efficiency is cold. So for me, this usually takes the form of a cold shower. And I will, again, when I am, when I, when, when I am dealing with my children, sometimes my kids are taking a shower either with me or you know maybe they're taking a bath and I'm in the shower, whatever it is. So I will take it. And the whole shower is not cold, by the way. So like the shower is like normal temperature. And then it's like the last 30, to, 30 seconds to a minute that I make absolutely freezing. 
And what this does, I mean, it's uncomfortable, right? But Betty, we can do uncomfortable things. We can be resilient and develop cellular grit. And this is one of the ways to do it. So when you are uh, cold, this is going to signal to our cells that we have to be able to generate more heat. It activates a couple different pathways. One is the sirtuins, and it is also very anti-inflammatory, so it shuts down the NRF2 pathway. And what happens is it is going to increase mitochondrial efficiency, meaning that it is going to be easier for your body to create energy. And it is going to wake up your brain like no other. And if you want focus, cold water is the way to do it or cold uh, cold therapy. Now, the other thing that I do, if it's not a shower, is in the middle of the winter, and this, my kids love this too, is if when especially when it's snowing, I will run outside shorts or in like a bikini, run outside with them. And of course, they think this is hilarious. And then I will lie down in the snow and I will make snow angels. 30 seconds and then I'm inside. So this is like a super fun activity. My kids think this it's a hoot to see that their mother in the middle of the winter is wearing a bathing suit doing snow angels. But again, cold therapy, mitochondrial efficiency, frontal lobe wakes up and you are ready to go. And this can be done with your kids rather than having you know, what I call the Cairo wives or someone else managing your children. It can be done in, in uh, concordance with their morning routine as well. So we got cold tatas, we got our water, we're nice and rehydrated, plump, and you know, nicely balanced with our, with our hormones uh, because rehydration is also very balancing to our hormones. The other thing that I like to do, and I've been able to incorporate this now that my children are older, is a workout in the morning. So that might be, depending on how old your children are, that may be difficult for you uh, to do like a full-on workout. But honestly, what I would do with my kids is I would put on like whatever, it's like Baby Shark or you know whatever song that they would love. And then we would dance for like five minutes or we would have like dance parties in the morning. So as they were eating breakfast, I mean, if you've ever tried to get your kids to like sit at the table, I mean, I don't know about your kids, maybe yours do, but mine like eat and then they run around the house and then they come back for another bite and then they run around the house. So one of the ways that I was able to incorporate movement was I would put on their favorite song on like my phone or whatever. And then we would dance. We would dance for five minutes. And then we put on another song and then we dance again. And you know, over the course of the morning, I would get 20 to 30 minutes of dancing with my kids. Um, again, so I'm not like having to like pack up my gym bag, go to the gym, do the workout, have someone watch the kids, blah, 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 and then come back home. So that... Um, that is something that I uh, would love to do with them. And now what I'm able to do is I'm able to wake up and I like to do a full weight workout now in the morning. That's like when my cortisol is highest, my testosterone, like I'm ready to do something hard. I want to lift heavy shit in the morning. So my kids will come down uh, and we're homeschooling them uh, this year. And what we what our, their morning activity is, is for them to do the exact workout that I'm doing, except they don't do it with weights. So for example, if I'm doing like a lateral raise, like a shoulder lateral raise where they see like, you know, I'm holding whatever weight I'm holding to bring my arms out to the side. They will do the same thing without weights or my 10 year old, now he wants to lift weights. So he's like lifting three pounds and five pounds with me. So they are also now working out with me. Uh, When I'm doing pull-ups, I will put a band on the uh, pull-up bar so that they can also do pull-ups as well. 
So they're also getting activity in the morning, which is also really great for them because we all know if you've ever read the book Spark, uh, getting activity in with children before their school day starts is going to amplify and facilitate learning. So my morning routines have really evolved to be able to accommodate my children because I don't have somebody. And if you do have someone who can kind of manage the day-to-day with your kids and you can you have the time to spend doing things alone, that's that's fine and that's great. And you know, I applaud you. Uh, but for the most uh, part, most people don't have that. So we, uh, what has really been useful for me is to be able to incorporate some of these principles. So just rehydration, you know, dancing and cold with my kids so that they are also seeing that they're also learning a somewhat of a morning routine themselves. And then just as a kind of a larger philosophical or core value uh, point of view, they're also seeing a woman who's not just important in the home. They see a woman who is setting boundaries for what is important for her. And for and, and a woman who says, you know what? I am worthy of a body that I love. I am worthy of a body that feels good and that I feel good in. They're seeing mommy do that every single day with them. So it's not just that I am a caregiver, although of course I am and I and I rev, you know, and I'm I love that role, but I am a whole person. I am I have other pursuits that that go beyond um, just taking care of my children. So I wanted to just bring that to your awareness. I don't know how that might land with you, um, but I wanted to share how I actually think that the way that society thinks of morning routines generally are very sexist. And I think that when we think about as women being productive, if we can just detach and unhitch this idea that our worth is tied to how much we can punch out and how much we can produce, then it gives you a bit more freedom to play, right? And like women, we are playful creatures, right? We have desires, we have we are we are ambitious, we are playful. And when we give ourselves permission to marinate in that playfulness and see like hey, how can I be creative here? How can I start my day off right, but also have some fun with my kids? Um, I think that that might serve you in starting off your day right and bringing a little bit more joy and happiness into your morning routine rather than thinking that you're a failure because you can't, you know... You can't have this like four hour routine that, you know, someone else with a Cairo wife or whatever name you want to give it, you know, someone else who's taking care of the kids while you go off and do these pursuits can, um, can afford you. So I hope that you found this useful and I will talk to you next week on Geeky Magic. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed. 
and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.